Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Brother Sister Show. This is episode 34 of our podcast. Um, I am Anthony, of course, and I'm joined here with my co-host. Livia. Who is my sister. Together we are brother, sister, and show. I don't know how to start these anymore. It's been too long. We can. We need to come up with a scripted one. That's the only thing. I've started to script a lot of things, but not the opening. Yeah, we I like that. I don't know. I kind of like the improv of it all, even though you you almost you do them almost every time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't really change a whole lot. It's just I have like a framework, and I'm just like, how am I gonna string this together? You're like, okay, so hello, hi, or howdy. Which one is it <laughs> gonna be this time? I don't think I've said howdy. I just the only thing that is variable is the awkward pause between, and I'm joined here with. And then when you say your name. I like to see how long I can hold it out. Yeah, if this is your first time (laughs) uh, joining us, we are siblings and we like to talk about movies so much so that we started a whole podcast to do so. Um, So you can hear Livia's bad takes on pretty much every movie. Yep. And that's it. Uh, if you want to hear more about us or see more about us, you can hit us up on Insta. That is Instagram. If you're above the age of five. Uh, at Brother Sister Show and our Twitter is at Bro Sister Show. I'm sorry about that. I don't know what that was, but <laughs> it's up there. No, I, this is like, I feel like this is the most you talk uninterrupted and I just love for it to just happen. It is. Normally when we get to the movie, I just, I, I poke in whenever I need to, but... <laughs> This Maybe is what I'll, happens I'll when you me, let me speak. I know, but I like to give you the intro because then I feel like people will be like, okay, but this bitch talks too much. Let the other guy talk. <laughs> but then I want to show them this is what happens. Yeah, you guys don't want that. All right, what have you been watching? Man, well, a lot. A lot more than normally <laughs> what I bring. Yeah. So did I talk about Mr. Robot? I'm just playing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I watched a lot, actually. Normally, I'm just like, uh, don't have time. But I was like, forget oh, about that. I'm so busy. Um, engineer life. <laughs> <laughs> well, no more. I don't know what, I don't know why I said no more. I'm still in that life, but. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I watched a lot. I watched... The first two, I don't know how to say them together. The Matrices. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Matrix movies. That That's on my agenda for today. The rest of today is to watch the third one. Because I started watching it June. Wait, what's, what month is this? We're in July? July, yeah. June 30th. And I was like, probably should watch The Matrix. Because it's a pretty, like, we talked about it on this podcast. I, I I still don't understand how you've never seen it. I feel like I feel like I've seen it a lot and when we were kids, but maybe it was Emily that watched it with me. Yeah, I'd never seen it before. So I watched that. So much so I'm that all... there's one part that like scared the shit out of me and scarred me for life. The out of which one? I don't know which one. It, they all bleed together for me. Cuz when you said that you didn't know where to find the third one, I didn't. I couldn't even tell you which one it is. 
But I think it's in the first one where the bug, like, they put the bug into his, oh. like, belly button. Ooh. Yeah. That fucked me up. Well, it's kind of weird because as I was watching this, some of it was, like, hitting my memory. Like, the, specifically that bug part. Yeah. And whenever his mouth closes. Mm-hmm. Like, those, I don't know why. They just, like, stuck out in my brain. But I like them. The second one was all right. I was watch, uh, I was watching it with Dad, mm-hmm. and then it ended. And I was like, "Did it end? Is that it?" Because it was like a to be continued or whatever, big cliffhanger. I don't remember any of this. I could not and... tell you what happened in any of the movies, but I've seen <laughs> them a lot. I was so confused. I was like, "Is that really it?" And he was like, "Imagine seeing it in the theaters." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, that's actually." Rough. I don't know. I, I think I saw the third one in theaters. Uh, I saw some of them, or maybe one. I don't know. Interesting. Well, so yeah, I, I started watching them on the thirtieth, and they left July first, so I couldn't mm-hmm. watch. I couldn't watch the third one, so I gotta find out where to watch it. I might rent it. Uh, I like those. Those are good. And the second one, eh, first one's really good though. The fight scenes are really weird. Unlike any yeah. other action movie I've seen. Uh, then, so that I was watching on Netflix. But we, the Netflix plan that we have that I sh- uh, steal from our parents. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you do too, I think. Uh, um, I do not steal. I contribute to this family. I pay for Hulu. What the fuck do you pay for? Yeah. <laughs> so on Netflix, we only can watch, like two screens can watch at a time. Oh, and I know. Someone else is what like two people were watching. I was like, whatever, it's fine. I'll finish the Matrix later. So I tried to find something else to watch. Another movie that I feel like I should have seen. So I watched The Mask on Hulu. Like the Jim Carrey one. You've never seen The Mask? I've never seen The Mask before. Oh wow. And how have we not shown you the mask? I don't That's know. A failure of mom and dad and then me and Emily. Yeah, I don't know. But it was really good. I liked it. I feel like it was one of those movies that as a kid I would have watched continuously. Had I Oh, yeah. Very up my alley. Those uh, are the... Then... Oh, sorry, go on. Those are the what? Oh, I was gonna... I thought you were done. Are those it? Or no, do you have... there's more. Okay. There's more. Um. And then I was I was talking to my friends about this. I'm like, yeah, I love The Mask. Uh... It's a shame the second one was terrible. And I was like, mm-hmm. hold your horses. And I looked it up. It's the son of the mask. And it's like, I'm like, what the hell? I saw some screenshots of the mask where he had like, it looked like, you know, uh, one of those like orange candy peanuts. Yeah. Like those, like if you molded that, if you melted that <laughs> and molded that into some hair. That's what that mask had. It was gross. I hated that. I'm glad I haven't seen that. <laughs> I don't know if I have either. Came out in 2005, so I don't know. Uh, what else? Oh, I watched Straight Up, which is on Netflix. It's kind of, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of a romantic movie. It's a it's a guy who's OCD, but he's also trying to figure out his 
sexuality. He is gay, but he doesn't know if he is. So he starts dating a girl, and it's just. Uh, I watched that with Kayla on Netflix Party. It was it was uh, it was a good movie. I liked it. Kayla really loved it. I showed it to one of my friends, and she really liked it. Uh, it was an interesting. It felt like it was written. If that makes sense, it the dialogue was very very fast. They were mm-hmm. especially the the female lead. She was talking very very fast. And maybe it's just me being dumb, but I don't think I could say that many words and sound good that fast. Like an Aaron Sorkin movie. Kinda, yeah. Yeah, I mean, his movies... I, I haven't seen this one, but if it's like Aaron Sorkin, yeah, nobody fucking talks like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't mind so it, though. I don't think movies need to like absolutely reflect reality, you know? No, it wasn't too distracting. I just kind of noticed it, and it kind of took me out of the, the movie experience. But I, I liked it. I liked uh, some of the editing techniques... Kayla pointed out this really interesting thing. I don't want to go into it because it's kind of a spoiler, but it, it was an interesting way to show the main character's perception of the world, like because he has OCD. Uh, just something happened to him, and just the way that he perceived it. I didn't even think of it like that. I just thought it was a weird way to edit, but it was cool. Uh, and then last night. I was watching. <sighs> Sad to say that I watched the new Kevin Bacon movie. This the it's called "You Should Have Left." Mm. It's a horror film. Oh, okay. It was not good. Not good. I don't think I've. I think I've heard of it, but no, not worth it. What is it on? Yeah. I don't really know. I didn't. I haven't looked up. It, uh, we just kind of watched it. Oh. Interesting. <laughs> well, it was I not was just, good about it. It just was, like, not good at all. It was just, like, I didn't care about any of the characters. The little girl looked kind of weird. Kevin Bacon is old. <laughs> and he's dating someone, like... In the movie, he's dating someone, like, half his age. Oh, man. And uh, I... It was dumb. Just the whole thing. The I wouldn't recommend you watch it, but it's just the entire the entire thing I don't get. It was so dumb. And it's not even that I didn't get it, is I feel like I did get it, but it's just not what it was supposed to be. It was not good. <laughs> that is all I have to say. Well. And that's all I watched. Oh well, I I feel like I watched a lot, but I think I've just been so tapped into YouTuber and like stream like Twitch streamer drama for some reason. Mm. There's I don't know I, I don't even watch a lot of these people, but th- this drama is so interesting. I won't get into it too much because it'll take a long time. Um, but yeah, so I've been doing I've been watching that. I've been like listening to a lot of podcasts, but. I have noted two shows in a movie that I've been watching. Um, and the first one is a show that I finished in one sitting. 
called The Babysitter's Club. <laughs> so it's based on a book, but it's also, I think they had a movie like in the 90s. And it's just like a, a kid show. It's really cheesy, kind of like dumb. There was a lot of times where I laughed because it was so just like like cringy, cheesy, like where they would be like, I don't know. <laughs> I can't, I don't know how to explain the kind of cheesiness of a, like a teen show, but then when they're like, and that's why you're my best friend, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and it just made me roll my eyes a lot, but I had a good time watching it. It was, it was cute. It was wholesome. Um, a not wholesome thing though that I've been watching is Unsolved Mysteries. I don't know if you've seen this, Anthony, but apparently it's a show. It used to be a show that had a host. Um, but it, it's basically what it sounds like. It's just a bunch of mysteries. I think most of them are like disappearances, deaths. I just watched one about UFOs. Um and yeah, it's really interesting. It's a really well-made show. I think Netflix remade it or like rebooted it. Rebooted it. <laughs> rebooted it. Nice and try. It is pretty good. I, don't, I haven't finished it yet. I, I'm going to finish it probably tonight or however many episodes there are. Mom was very excited that it was back. Yeah, I was talking to her. That's when I that's when I realized that or that she's the one who told me that it was a reboot because I had no idea. But I think I know what she's talking about now because Unsolved Mysteries does sound like it, it It sounds familiar, but I thought it was like a book or something because I used to check out these books in the library where it'd be about like crop circles or just like a bunch of different like mysterious like scary things um but definitely recommend if you're really into true crime it's really interesting and it's it's a cool thing that they're doing though because a lot of them are crimes they're putting a spotlight on um crimes that people probably know something like somebody knows something kind of thing um and at the end of every episode they give you resources like if you have any information or if you know something that could be helpful then to like contact whoever or go to their website so that's really cool that's cool um <clears throat> and a movie that i watched that i realized i guess it's in the same vein of like you watching matrix and um the mask <laughs> but I, I realized that i haven't seen jaws ever yeah me neither because it's one of so one of my friends hosts a podcast, which I guess I can plug it here called um, "He's Right Behind You," where they talk about horror movies. Oh yeah. And the recent episode they put out because the movie is based, I think it's based on, or it's like centered in, or it sets it's what's it called? Set during Fourth um, of July, so it's a good like Fourth of July kind of movie. Um, but yeah, it's really good. It holds up. Um, I didn't think I would like it because I don't really typically like older movies. Mm. Um, but I really liked it. And for me, it wasn't scary. I wouldn't... I mean, I, I think I would still consider it a horror film. <laughs> my bad. Completely knocked over the mic. <laughs> um, I don't... Yeah, it, it wasn't, so, like, so scary. There was one part that was kind of creepy. Um, but Yeah. It's pretty good. So I watched the movie and then I listened to her podcast because it's her. I think it's her favorite movie. So they had like a ton to talk about. And it's really cool to like, hopefully, I, I hopefully I got a glimpse of what people do 
for this podcast where they'll watch a movie and they'll hear us talk about it. So that's been kind of, that was a cool experience to like watch. Cause as soon as I saw that, that's the, that's the movie they were talking about. I watched it and then I listened to the podcast and it was a cool little experience. Cause I don't really get to do that for us, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely recommend it. I think it was on HBO and apparently there's sequels. Dad told me that there's a like two and three and whatnot, and he told me don't even bother that they're not good at all. <laughs> all right. So now to movie news. I selected. I forgot to get your input on some, but I selected two things that I wanted to talk about. Um, <laughs> the it. first one is one that Mom actually just texted me about. She literally just asked me if I watched the trailer to that new Shia LaBeouf movie. And I did post it on our... I'm trying to, like, post different movie news on our Instagram. So I did post that there was a new trailer for this movie called The Tax Collector. Mm -hmm. And then I watched it. And so... (laughs) Basically, so I found a BuzzFeed article where people on Twitter were calling out this movie... Because it has Shia LaBeouf, he's the main character. He is the said tax collector. Um, and basically what it looks like... Let me see if I can get a synopsis. But um, So it, the film follows two tax collectors. One played by Shia and then another played by Bobby Soto. Who work for a crime lord named Wizard. And it also co-stars George Lopez and Cynthia Carmona. Carmona. And it's getting a lot of backlash because people are saying that Shia LaBeouf's role in it specifically is they're calling him out for brown facing. So, uh. yeah. So immediately the trailer was released. The film received backlash from many who believed it features brown facing and others who called out Shia's use of a, quote, cholo accent. And oh, I got to watch this trailer. So now. I watched some of the trailer and... I I can I under I see what people are saying, especially knowing what a cholo is. So, for I'm I'm assuming a lot of the people that are listening might know, but let me give a little definition that BuzzFeed provides us. So, by definition, a cholo means a man or boy of Mexican descent. The term originated as a derogatory term for people of mixed blood heritage and is usually associated with young Latino males who are members of street gangs. And for this movie, the reason Mom texted me is uh, she was telling me that he there's a, a huge tattoo on his chest that is featured. I don't know if it's featured in the trailer. I can't remember. But there's a bunch of pictures of him with a huge chest tattoo. And apparently he got that for real. Like it's a real tattoo and he got it for the movie. But I guess to talk about this whole like brown facing thing. It. <laughs> I. I kind of. I don't I don't I think I agree because it is like what people are saying there's this one guy on Twitter who says tell all the kids how your Hollywood's top cholo auteur and your pretzel reasons Shia LaBeouf is sort of kind of playing a weird movie cholo in a cop movie and how this isn't really brown facing and that's somebody that's replying to the director David Ayer um and there's just like a huge conversation going on I don't know I don't know this is a weird issue because he did say like the director commented saying that 
Shia is playing a white boy who grew up in the hood. This is a Jewish dude playing a white character. So that's like his whole reasoning for him in the movie and why his character looks the way he does. My whole thing is the reason I wanted to bring this up is because, I mean, spoiler, Anthony, you are a Latino male. I wouldn't consider you a cholo, sorry, but you're a Latino male. So I wanted to ask you how you feel about the way you're portrayed in movies. Oh, man. Honestly, it's hard because of how I look. It's hard to associate myself uh, with anything. I don't know. And I think, for me, that's the point. So, like, I watched this trailer, and honestly... I did see a problem with Shia being like the lead of this movie because I, I, I mean, I've never met somebody in a gang, so I don't know how it works. I don't know if there actually is a white man at the head of the gang. Um, but my whole thing about movies that feature any sort of like Mexican or Chicano culture is that why, oh, why is it always gangsters? It's either we either get a gangster movie or we get Day of the Dead, which like no disrespect to like Coco or like movies like that. But like why? Like because you feel like you're not being represented because when you are like, quote unquote, represented, it's not it doesn't look like you. You know, you don't see anybody that looks like you on screen. But I don't know. Do what do you do? You feel any sort of way? Where, like, did you see that trailer with that movie Peppermint that came out a few years ago with uh, Jennifer Garner? So it's basically Jennifer Garner and her and her white family are like at a carnival, and a gang oh, yeah. full of Mexicans just like show up and shoot up the place. Which, first of all, that does that even happen? But like, I don't know. I because I, I feel some like some sort of way when I see movies like this because like I said I mean I would love to see a movie that represents my experience as a Latino woman but like I just wonder how you feel about the way that you're represent or I guess the lack of representation like what do you when you see trailers like that peppermint one do you, how do you feel about that I don't think I've ever asked you that I don't know it's this is gonna sound weird but I never thought I was Hispanic growing up just because I'm so pale. Yeah. So it's, I don't know, I've always had that kind of separation from, I guess, that, like, uh, I don't know, I, I just, there is a lack of representation, but I never saw it because I never felt a part of it. Mm. If that makes any sense. Do you think the media does have a, like a part in that because like to me what it boils down to because I feel the same exact way but I think in my experience because when there is a Latina woman on screen she's like you said she's a little bit she's darker or she's like like tannish you know she we're 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 pretty light-skinned like our family is just that's just how we we look but the main things that are the difference to me is that they almost always have an accent. They're all, yeah. like, really curvy. They're not, like, fat, but they're just, like, curvy in all the, like, best places. 
they are always like maids or people that are like into the service industry they're always really sexualized like it's just all these things that i don't identify with you know so i wonder if the media has a part in you not feeling like you belong in this like culture because you are you don't have tattoos you are lighter you know <laughs> like i'm sure it does um and i don't know it's just maybe it's so ingrained that i don't think about it i i, I honestly yeah. don't um i don't know that's a good question that i don't know how i don't have an answer i'm sorry no 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 i didn't want you to have to like answer it i just yeah, I would. I guess I would. I should have told you to watch this trailer, but I. I don't know. The whole like there is a good conversation happening about like appropriation and that's good. Whatnot, but I don't know. I'm curious. I'm curious to see what Shia has to say about all this because right now it's only been the director. How how long is this trailer? How long is this trailer been out? Like a couple of days. Oh okay. I'll take a look. That's interesting. Wow. <laughs> to get lighter, there's the wildest news. Other than that, the wildest news I think I've seen in a while. That <sighs> Jason Momoa is Frosty the Snowman. Oh, this is official? <laughs> yes. Um, so I found a quote or like an article about it. Um, let me see. So it's talking about like how like Jason Momoa made Aquaman, right? With and he was in Game of Thrones, which is all owned by Warner Brothers. And this new movie is actually also being made by Warner Brothers. Um, and the people are writing about the fact that he kept this relationship with Warner Brothers by this week signing on to be the voice of the classic Christmas character Frosty the Snowman in a new live action CGI hybrid movie. So Yo. Frosty himself will be CGI with Momoa's voice. Um, and he is also going to produce it along with DC Comics' Jeff Johns. There's so much more to the story than what you said on the Discord. Yeah. I didn't read the link, but is that the article you're talking about? Um, I don't... It might be. That was from Twitter. This one I just looked up to see if I can get more information. Uh, oh, that was from Twitter. <laughs> Yo, what? Who needs this? Yeah, I don't understand. I'm trying to I'm trying to picture it. Aquaman Jason Momoa's voice as Frosty. Why? <laughs> Surfer dude Surfer dude Frosty the Snowman. That's all I'm getting. I want to know what the story's going to be. Is it just going to be Frosty the, like... wants to go surf. Maybe. Is it just going to be the regular... I mean, I don't know if I've seen the actual cartoon of it in a long time, but I don't remember what that was about. Did it, the article say when it was supposed to come out? No. Oh, man. That's why... There's so much time and effort that's put into movies that shouldn't be made. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of sad, too, because, like, that money could be put towards, a, like, a better story. 
Why do we? We don't need a live action Frosty the Snowman. Of all things, I know live action is like kind of a, a good, not a good trend, but a, a big trend right now. Why in the world would somebody be like, you know what we need to add to this trend? Frosty the fucking Snowman. And you know they're gonna like remix that fucking song. They're gonna, you know, it's gonna be like a shit show, man. Ugh. I'm excited though. I'm excited for the disaster it's gonna be. But who knows? Maybe it'll be really good. Hey, we were we were talking about Sonic. That was <laughs> that's perfect. Shit. It's a perfect movie. Wow. Right, anything else? Any anything you need to? Talk I deleted about? TikTok. Um. I heard you talking some smack about me behind my back saying that I would re-download TikTok. Oh, yeah, you will. This is not going to happen. I, I guarantee you, you're going to re-download it. I am not going to re-download TikTok. I'm not. I don't need to justify it. It's not going to happen. All right. I think let, you're it, going let it be heard. To, but... Episode 34 of this podcast is the last time you will hear me... You'll never hear me say that I re-download TikTok. That's all I going. think you will. I, I, I could guarantee Why are you so it. sure? I don't know. I just am. <laughs> like, it do, you can think that. It just bothers me that you're so sure. Because <laughs> you are going to re-download it. Stop it now. <laughs> I mostly am saying that. I, so part of me, I think it's like 20% of me believes you actually are going to. The 80% just is happy about how mad you are that i believe that but you are going to re-download it so i don't know why you're making this big announcement yeah whatever especially because i found a video that (laughs) that would be good for that that trend did you see the flashback trend when people would like there's like a flashback like filter and it shows a different video and i have a video of you that i I, I didn't find it like it's in my camera roll but I forgot I had it where <laughs> you like threw something oh I know I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about I know exactly what you're talking about that would and be I a have a perfect setup how would you do it something like I, I, I don't know but like the the before would be something like I mess up and I'm like I'm so sorry Jesus and then and then that's when you throw it back. Or you could do that um, that one, something dramatic changed my life, check, or something happened that was oh. dramatic changed my life, check. We should probably explain what the video is. Do you want to go ahead and explain? I don't want to explain. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, so you threw, um, I don't know, you threw something at into the room that mom and I were sitting in, in the workout room, and you perfectly hit this Jesus on the cross that was like above the door. And it fell and instantly shattered into like five pieces. Yeah, and then just mean. you were like yelling, and so I took a video. It was a, it's such a chaotic video because Patty's there and she's like trying to smell it, but you yell, and so she runs away. And then Homer says, <laughs> "I watched it so many times," but Homer says, "You forgot this piece," and so he like gives you another piece, and then you just like scream, and Dad's saying something in the background. It's just so, <laughs> so much things happening. And I'm like moving the camera around, like zooming in and out. Yeah, maybe I'll release it on <laughs> on the um, oh, Instagram. Gosh. No, the Discord. Okay, so if you go to our Discord, by the time this episode is out, 
the video will be on the Discord. So join our Discord. It's the link in our Instagram bio. I think Twitter, talk- too. Yeah, it should be there. We talked about uh, Jason Momoa before. It wasn't a deep conversation, but... No. It was fun. You got to see uh, some, some funny pictures. I don't know. Join. It's fun. All right. So uh, let's take a quick break. And then we'll be back to talk about Tiger Tail. Helium Crafts is a company run by three generations of, you guessed it, our family. My mom and grandma handmade crafts like scrunchies, aprons, pen pouches, shirts, and much more. You name it and they'll figure out how to make it. Each craft is handmade with love, but most importantly, unique and stylish fabrics. You can go to our Instagram page at helium underscore crafts to follow us for updates on new items, crafting and styling tips, and maybe even a giveaway that's happening right now and ends tomorrow. Again, follow us at H-E-L-I-A-M underscore crafts. Tiger Tail came out in 2020. It was directed and written by Alan Yang. Principal cast is Tai Ma, Christine Ko, and Hong Hong Chi Lee. In this multi-generational drama, a Taiwanese factory worker leaves his homeland to seek opportunity in America, where he struggles to find connection while balancing family and newfound responsibilities. I couldn't find any of the like budget or opening weekend because it came out on Netflix, and historically the ones that come out on Netflix don't really have any of the financial information. So we just have to guess at what it would have made. Well, um, as far as in replacement of that, just tell us the biggest number that you can. <laughs> Shut up. From memory. <laughs> um, critics gave it a 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb, an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 65% on Metacritic. So kind of across the board. Yeah, kind of weird. The hell? That's weird. All right, so I took a bunch of notes. Um I know you didn't take any. I told you not to, right? Or no? I, it's just, we don't, I don't take notes anymore. That's just what it right. is. <laughs> well, my first note is about the opening credits. I love the style of the typography. Ugh, God, I'm such a designer. Um, but I just loved how it was all, like, aligned Bro. in one. Huh? Shut up. <laughs> uh, it's just the designer it. in me. Oh, you know. No, yeah, it's... it was cool. I liked it. I liked the yellow. Normally, I'm not a big fan of yellow, but that was a nice nice shade. Oh, nice hue. It. I also liked that they opened... So they opened with exposition where he's talking about... He's explaining that his father died and his mother had to leave him with his grandparents while she worked um, to try to get enough money for them to live together. And he just explains how he feels empty without them. And throughout all of that, I think either... I think before the credits... Or before the scene starts, they have a note where they distinguish um, the two languages that are spoken. Or there's three languages in this film, but they distinguish them. English, because I watched it in English, they didn't have to put captions for those. But for Mandarin, I think it was, like, one of them was in brackets and one of them wasn't. Either the Mandarin or the... um... Taiwanese was in brackets. But I just, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Because, I have never. Like a lot of movies that I watch when they have multiple languages, I 
I don't think they actually distinguish them. So that was, I wonder if that was a decision that they made. But either way, I thought it was really cool. It was cool. Um, <clears throat> um, and so the first scene after he like explains his past, um, it's on the rice farm that he lives on with his grandparents. And he thinks while he's working or while he's gathering stuff, he thinks that he sees his parents in the field. So he runs to tell his grandma, but she rushes him inside as some car approaches like from the far end of the, the farm and she hides him and they never, they don't really explain in that moment, like why this is all happening, yeah. why she's hiding him. Um, and then she opens the door to these people, these officers that are there to inspect. They're already assholes from the get go. Um, and they tell her this is I think this is why they distinguished it. But they told her that it's policy to speak Mandarin because I think they ask her if she speaks Mandarin. She says, no, she speaks Taiwanese. And he says, well, it's policy to speak Mandarin, which is a wild thing. Um, then she lies about the kid being there. Like I said, I don't really understand why at this point. Um, but after they leave, she does explain to him that they're the, I don't know how to say this word either, but it's like, it's Q Mintang, but from for the purposes of like my next stuff, I'm just going to refer to them as the KMT. That they run the country now and that they have to follow their rules. And one of the rules is that he's not registered to live there. So it's illegal for him to be there and she doesn't want them to know. Oh, dang. And I do yeah. want to take a little side because they didn't talk about this, but I did do a little bit of research to talk about the KMT for a, a brief second. Did a deep dive into a Wikipedia page. Um, so the, KM the KMT is often referred to as the Nationalist Party of Chinese... What? Oh, the Nationalist Party, or the Chinese Nationalist Party. Um, hence the whole comment about them speaking, speaking Mandarin, because it's the Republic of China. Um, they were formed in 1919, and they were the sole ruling party of the Republic of China for about 72 years, um, from 1928 to 2000. After the loss of the Chinese Civil War, which was from 1945 to 49, to the Communist Party of China, the KMT retreated to Taiwan, where it continued to govern as an authoritarian one-party state. I promise this history lesson is almost over. <laughs> no, um, it clears up some some things because I, I had questions on that, so it's, it's it's good. Thank you for doing that research. One more, yeah. Well, thank you. One more thing about the whole because um, when I was researching them, I didn't, I just didn't understand their like ideology. So I did look it up and it is based on three principles of the people, which is, or, so it's based on three principles of the people, conservatism and Chinese nationalism. And I looked up their political position and it's anywhere from the center right to right wing. So basically, you know, what that, I guess <laughs> I don't want to say, <laughs> well, you know, I, I was going to say that kind of like Republicans, but I don't want to, I don't want to make that statement because I don't actually know. Um, but they're right wing is what all I'll say. Um, yeah, so that's a little background on the KMT. They don't really talk about it ever again, but I just thought, like you said, it brings a little bit more context um, to the situation. Um, and after that, so he... Oh, so he tells his grandma about the whole, like, him seeing his parents, and she's like, boy, you did not see your parents. Like, you need to stop fucking around. Your dad is um, dead. 
Yeah, she's kind of mean. Um, <laughs> and then right after that, we flash forward to him as an adult. And they don't make it super clear. They have a, an editing shot where it's him and, like, as a kid. And they and we were centered on his face. And they cut to him as an older gentleman. Um, so I like that they do this a lot in the movies where they don't really... I was expecting them to put, like the time or you know like the date or whatever but they don't really do that they make you figure it out yourself um but they make it really apparent but i like when movies don't like try to like do it too much um so he's in the car with what i assume is his daughter he's very reserved and quiet and not at all like he was as a kid like running around and yelling at his grandma and whatnot um and then we learn that his name so okay so his name in the movie i was trying to figure out how to get how to pronounce it so i looked on imdb but on imdb they refer to him as grover i was looking at that right now i don't know why they did that but his name is pin pinju i i i'm doing it like such a in such a bad way but for that purposes be to like not confuse myself i think throughout this i do call him grover because the IMDb says it's Grover. I have no idea why. Um, but they go back to him. And he meets a girl named Juan. And he is finally about to move with his mom. And so he thought he'd never see her again. But then when they were teens. Or it looks like they're teens. They did meet again. And we see them in. Like it looks like a bar. And he's dancing with her talking about how he'll move to America with his mom and this girl that he's with. Um, and then they go to a nice restaurant where they dine and dash, which is <laughs> honestly date goals. That's a funny scene. I really like that. Cause, cause he said, cause when he, cause they're at the bar and he's like, Oh, well I'm going to take you out to a nice place. And she's like worried. And the whole time he said, he's like, Oh yeah, I can pay for it. And I kind of believed him. And he even talks to the waiter. (laughs) And the waiter's like, are you sure you can order this? And then then they dine and dash. It's so funny. (laughs) I I don't know if I've ever asked this, but what was you and Kayla's first date? Our first date, we went to the opera. (laughs) Yeah. We saw... I know exact. I know exactly which. You know what that reminds me of? Sorry, <laughs> that reminds me of um, Middle Ditch and Schwartz. Oh, wait. The How? wedding episode where he's like, because he he was talking about his like origin story. How. He oh. like dated her and they went to the opera and he was like, "Where are there fucking middle schoolers going to the opera?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Sorry. Go we, on. We saw this. Uh, play opera called uh il trovatore we both fell asleep you like made a conscious decision to take her to the opera i'm gonna say this and it's gonna sound bad (laughs) but it was an extra credit assignment for one of our (laughs) classes and i thought it would be fun no i would judge you more if you like if that was just you just decided to do that because then well, I'd be was... like, "How the fuck is she still with you?" <laughs> it was opera? a like, "Oh, this was... idiot! He took me to a fucking opera." <laughs> it 
it was a uh, I was taking a music appreciation class and it was like a extra credit. You'd go to like three outside uh oh, I had mu- to like, anything. Yeah. Did you guys go to eat or something? I don't remember. All I remember was like falling asleep in the in the theater. It was nice. We went to the Tobin, so it's like the mm-hmm. nicest place in San Antonio that you can go to, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I went to, to the Tobin at the Majestic. It was really nice. We'll go oh, to the no, Tobin. The Majestic. Oh, the Tobin's pretty nice. Well, I actually I shouldn't pass judgment because Sebastian and I's first day. I think I don't know if you do you know this where it was. No. Buffalo no Wild Wings. Bro. But what? okay, but it's so we went to Buffalo Wild Wings and then we went to um the movies. But it sounds it sounds weird. It sounds like like why like why would you take her to a wing place? But it is kind of sweet because he knew that that was like my favorite place to eat at, and it was next to my favorite place to be at, which is the movie theater. And we saw two movies that day. We saw Gravity, and I forgot what the other one was. And he wanted to sneak in, but I made him like I made us like go and buy tickets because I felt bad. <laughs> That's funny. But it's sweet because he like. And people would always judge us. Like, I know this guy, we used to, he, like, subtweeted us one time where he was, like, he didn't subtweet us, but it offended me, where he said, like, if you go on a first date at a movie theater, then you don't care about her or something like that. And I was, like, <laughs> what? But it was cute. I mean, he, I think that's the most important thing is to listen to what they want. And he knew that's exactly what I would want to do, so. And yeah, that's, like, our favorite like... thing to eat now. We always eat B-dubs all the time. B-dubs. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> we didn't dine in Dash. I don't think I've ever dined in Dashed. Have you? No. No, I've never done that before. I I that's just I don't know. No. I wouldn't have the balls. Yeah. But also like where? Like if I'm at a Denny's, I'm not gonna dine in Dash. <laughs> true and then you can't go back to that denny's that's actually probably a good thing <laughs> i'm just fine. all right so after they dine a dash um she mentions that she's never seen his place which is a red flag ladies <laughs> no, i'm kidding um but he lives in a smaller house like after he leaves her he goes to his house and we see that it's smaller it looks like kind of like a one bedroom that he shares with his mom it's not very nice, but I do like that scene, though, because his mom is, like, pretending to be asleep, and they're talking while they're both, like, laying in different rooms, and it's just so cute, like, it shows that they had a really good relationship, and that they're close, and I just like that whole you scene. You learn that they work together. Yeah. There. Um, And then we switch back to older Grover, and I made a note that they called him that in the credits, so that's what I'm going to refer to him as. Um, and he's at his house. He's really lonely, and I didn't understand why. Like, they do reveal a lot in this one scene, though, where the daughter, I think her name is Angela, where she says, sorry about grandma, and I'm thinking that his mom died, and that turns out to be true, that he went to um, Taiwan to go to the funeral of his mother. But then she also mentioned that she would, he didn't even tell her, which is, I mean... 
And he says because he says because she never visited, which was a good burn on her. That's true. But that is kind of fucked up. I mean, even if you didn't know her and you didn't like she didn't visit, that's still her grandma. Yeah, she still kind of deserved to know. So, but that gives you a good, I guess, look into their relationship, which we do get into um, later in the movie. Um, and then we go back to where his mom and him, like you mentioned, they work at a factory. And they just show them working. She's kind of like making fun of him for being out late. She's making fun of that lady's husband. <laughs> he calls for him looking a toad. Like a toad, yeah. <laughs> she says not a word to that lady. You can tell she just like fucking hates her. Um, and then the boss man comes up to Grover while he's eating. And he just like mentions that, like, I know you want to move to America. And he said that he asked him if he would be interested in his daughter. And so we cut to him on a date with his daughter. And it's really awkward. I mean, there it's kind of feels like a first date kind of awkward. But in the movie context, I'm like, oh, this is not going to be good. Um, then after that, he goes from one date to another. He rushes to meet Yuan. I don't know. I'm going to say I, I feel like I'm saying Juan. I don't know if that's right, but so I'm going to do um so, oh and i love the moment where they're singing uh sitting on the dock of the bay by otis redding yeah it's a cute little moment but I, I was trying to imagine if sebastian and i were sitting somewhere and if i just started singing to him <laughs> <laughs> i think he'd make fun of me <laughs> yeah on our first date kayla started singing the opera it was kind of crazy <laughs> when you guys sat down <laughs> When you guys sat down and the lights went out, she like took off her coat and <laughs> revealed the right gown. She took the mic and she was like, This is for you and pointed at you and then <laughs> and then you fell asleep. <laughs> um and then he like like a lot of men do in the movies that we talk about, they have a nice moment and he swiftly ruins it. By she's asking him, she's like stuck on this whole fact that he's late, <laughs> which is honestly me. <laughs> she's like, well, it's not like you to be late, so why were you late? Mm-hmm. And she she does mention like, is it because you were with somebody? And he's like, no, you're crazy. Ga- this gaslighting to the finest, right there. Um, don't be silly. <laughs> I think he did say he was like, don't be crazy. Oh God, what a nightmare. Um, and then he finally, like, he gets her to forgive him by showing her where he lives, which is actually, to him, is a very intimate thing to, like, because he's been avoiding it for so long. Um, and then we cut out to him back when he's older. He's, but this, so they cut, it wasn't confusing to me. I wonder if it's confusing to some people, but they do, they cut like back to him when he was in Taiwan and then in America. But when they go to America, you don't, you don't really know at what time they're cutting to like this moment. I thought it was after his mom's funeral, but you then learn or was it? I don't know. The timeline was kind of confusing with the the American timeline was kind of confusing to me because we cut back to him when he's older and he's in his, daughter's apartment and he's kind of like berating her for being with the guy that can't support her 
Um, and he said he was just like talking the most shit about this guy, and we have not even met him. Um, and he just said that he's not ambitious, and he roasts the shit out of the fact that, or no, she roasts the shit out of the fact that his marriage isn't great. So she's like, "Why are you talking to me about this shit?" I don't know. And the conversation, I wonder how you felt about this conversation because it felt really stiff to me. Like the fact that they weren't moving and like, so she, she was moving into this apartment and she was standing like with a bunch of boxes, but he was just like standing there. The blocking just felt kind of off to me. It felt like uh, very representative of their relationship. Um, Yeah. It was, he, he was just kind of standoffish her whole life. So I, I didn't really, uh, Maybe that's why stick I out to me. Like, yeah. Yeah. I just can't imagine like me and dad just like standing in my apartment, just like talking to each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it just felt weird to just like stand and not move. Well, maybe they're in a pandemic. So it makes oh sense. Oh my God. They had to be six feet apart. Yeah. All right. So we get back to the factory and <laughs> his mom's hand gets hurt, but like, so he gets mad at the boss guy. He's like, hey, what the fuck? But honestly, he caused that. He like pushed her into it. Yeah, what was he even doing? Like there, it was just a weird, that whole yeah. interaction felt weird because she was pouring something. I also didn't know what their job was exactly, but like why? Why, why was he even like messing with her? Because I guess he was like, it, it was so weird because he was saying that it was dangerous and that's why he didn't want her to pour it but then he was like moving her hand like back and forth it just it was so dumb where she got hurt and then he was like hey to the boss guy and then the, <laughs> the boss's reaction was really funny though the like hand wave where he was like yeah she's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah <clears throat> but after that he obviously doesn't want her to work there anymore and she's like i don't really have a fucking choice dude like what do you want me to do um, and because of that, he decides to marry the, I called her the factory girl, um, to help <laughs> his mom not have to work anymore, but it's, it's not, the, she doesn't work at the factory. It's the, the guy that owns the factory. That's his daughter. Um, and so he moves to America with her and my notes, I put, he moves to American with her. <laughs> um, he does American. Yep. And then we cut back to him being where he's older again and his ex, which I think now we know that they, well, because his daughter roasted his ass, um, we know that he's not married anymore. And so his ex calls because she learned about his mother dying. Um, And then during the conversation, she also mentions that their daughter's having a hard time and I took a quote from their conversation where he says, we live separate lives, which is such a sad thing to think about your daughter. I mean, and I feel like this is such a, like a, a movie that makes you reflect on your own relationship with your parents. And I guess that is true. Like me and mom and dad, like we do live separate lives, but to think of it in like that, you're not a part of that. Like that's how we meant it. I think is like, Oh, but her life is like nothing to do with mine. That's such a sad thing. Yeah. Sad. Sorry, can you say that again? This movie was really sad. 
Yeah, and it's really like somber too, just throughout like the the dialogue, the way it's lit, like how everything like how everything is blocked, especially when he like the scenes where he's by himself. I think it was just too real for me because it reminded me of like how I probably if you if you were to film a movie about <laughs> my living situation now, it would be exactly him where he's like doing dishes by himself. He <laughs> The scene that broke my heart, I think it's a little bit later, but where he makes himself a like a cup of tea and he sits down to drink it and then they have like a flashback and then he just gets up and washes the dishes. That is like me in a <laughs> nutshell right now. So sad. Yeah, that um, hit. But yeah, so this whole... I think so the biggest relationship in this movie, there's a bunch of different relationships, but the one that stood out to me was the one with him and his daughter um because you can tell that he's like so hard on her for just no reason i think this is where they cut back to her in the where she's doing the piano recital and she messes up and he's just like he's just shaking his head and he tells her to stop crying like i just wonder if because this movie is about like the parents are immigrants i just wonder if that speaks true to like parents in general if that's a very like immigrant like child of an immigrant thing um but yeah but that that must be like to think of it from the parents perspective though that must be hard to like he mentions this a couple of times where he says that he just wanted the best for her so to think that you're doing the best for your kid but end up like just fucking them up (laughs) yeah that must suck um and then we see that it looks like Eric, which was the guy that Angela was with, he leaves her. <laughs> and I, so we like never see him again. <laughs> He's just in that yeah. one scene where he leaves and then never to see it again. Um, yeah, so we we see them now when he's younger and they just moved to America. And it's not at all what he expected. Imagine that. <laughs> But he did stick it out, um, and I love the part where they go to their apartment for the first time, and they're looking around, and it's, like, the shittiest apartment, and they're like, well, there's a window, and I said that that's me and probably you when we moved into our dorms. Bro, man, that's... <laughs> Dude, dorms are... And I didn't realize until now, like, living you probably will see this when you live in an apartment for yourself like that you pay for yourself it's just like dorms are so sad especially the one that like me and you lived in like the one that you lived in in your freshman like your first year a&m looked exactly like the one that i lived in my first year at unt and it they're so sad they look like jail cells yeah i because i'm moving into a new place and like we're getting stuff kayla and i and she's like asking all these things and honestly at the bottom line is as long as it's not a dorm i'm fine because i've been slumming it i wonder this might be i could probably text her but this is me talking to kayla i have some stuff that i don't want so maybe i'll send them to you all and see if you want it but Yeah. yeah but it is nice to like i mean they do turn it into a cute little space with like a couch and you know so it isn't that bad and it kind of is mm-hmm. just what you make it. Um 
and they show now we get to see them as a couple because they they met so fast and they left so fast so this is the first time we're seeing them actually interact and it just feels i just feel bad for them especially that scene where he wants he's like puts on music and he's like do you dance and she said no i get too embarrassed and he's like well i used to dance and she asked him if he wants to dance and he's like no thanks (laughs) (laughs) like it just it must suck to not feel like you can be yourself with your significant other yeah that just feels like such a scary trap especially in like a new environment because they're they don't know anyone uh they're he's trying to find work and you like you want to have this one person that you can share all that with but even then you're just even they're kind of a stranger as well i i I can't even imagine i mean it's already a lonely environment and then on top of that you just like the per like you said the person you're with you have no idea who that is or if you even like them mm-hmm. um but he does find a job and she does meet a friend which i fucking love this friend she's so funny um <laughs> and one thing i did like like there was a little bit of hope for their relationship when he brings the piano he like surprises mm-hmm. her with the piano and he says that he like they can learn together um, and it's a really sweet moment, but they like flash forward. They have this really nice flash forward moment where it's like showing that at least a year has passed where he's like opening and closing the store and she's just like they're going around doing whatever they do. And I like the moment of he he goes home and there's no food in the fridge and she's not there and we see the piano and it's like never been used. So I, I really love... I think that brings a good, um, it's a good example of like the director, Alan Yang. He, I think he does this in his shows too, because I think he's, before this, he's primarily written and directed shows, but it's a good way to show what's happening with characters without dialogue. A long duration of time. Like you can tell it's been a long time since we last since that last interaction between them that we fully see and mm-hmm. yeah i i really like that part because the, really the music smart. that plays is yeah really smart is uh the, the the music that plays is the piano that he plays that he mm-hmm. learned when like when he got the piano yeah so good um and then that night where he gets mad that she's not there and there's no food and like bitch get your own food but he calls his mom and asks if she can move because he's like we're ready even though they still have that smallest apartment but she doesn't want to and i didn't realize until this moment where she says it but he he didn't really ask her if that's what she wanted like he his whole thing was that he wanted to move here and he wanted to be able to bring his mom here but that was only his plan he never asked her if that's what she wanted Mm-hmm. And then his wife comes home and she is talking about going to school and wanting to be a teacher. And he's just such an ass about it. He's like, well, you don't need to work when you have kids, which is, oh, man, I would have punched him in the dick. That's so I hate that because she's like showing that she's passionate about something and that just because he's miserable doesn't mean she has to be. And it's so annoying. Um, yeah. But I do love this next scene with her friend where she's like, fuck him, basically. <laughs> And I said yeah. that she's me 
where she turns the wife against him and she takes her to eat ice cream. That's me in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Um, but then right after she decides, I'm just going to fucking go to school. Fuck him. Um, she's pregnant. I also wanted to ask you, have you ever seen a pregnancy test like that before? No, it looked weird. I thought it was <laughs> so, like incense or something. So, well, I have a, I don't know if you have the page open, but, um, I did link oh, out to gosh. like, or Is you can another just, quiz? no, 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 no. You can just look up vintage pregnancy tests, but I wanted you to see a, like an ad for it. The one I linked specifically is an old ad for the exact um, pregnancy test that she had, where it's basically a science project. <laughs> yeah, that looks weird. It's, that's how you had to do it back then. And it took, and well, I don't know if it says in here, but can you guess how long it takes for this one to get a result? This, like, cube one? Yeah. I'd say, like, couple days two or three days i don't know two hours but compared to like i think the ones now were like 15 minutes dang that's that's a long two hours but yeah this one i don't i don't know when these switched over because i guarantee mom i don't know if mom had to do one of these i don't think she's that old but um (laughs) and also if you look at i don't know if you're looking at the ad but if you look at positive and negative like, you can't, it doesn't even tell you itself. You know, the pregnancy test now will say, like, positive, negative, or have a plus sign, or this one has, like, you have to, like, read the fucking, like, <laughs> circle in the fluid, and, yeah. What the? But, yeah, I just Whoa. wanted to show those. I don't know if you've seen one, and or if people even know that that's what women had to do in the back in the day. Yeah, that's crazy. And there's some, too, where you had, like, three different cups where you, like, peed in one, and then you had to take a sample, put it in one. And it's, like, <laughs> yeah, it's fucking insane. I, I thought you were going to say take a sip. <laughs> <laughs> you got to taste it real quick. <laughs> um, no, one for the it. test, one for me. <laughs> yeah. All right. So after that, um, we're back in present day where he's having lunch with his daughter. And he's doing an awful job of it. <laughs> he's like trying to have a conversation with her, but it's they're they're just failing spectacularly. He's really quiet, but then she is starting to get emotional. I think she actually starts crying and tells him that Eric left. And she says, "All I ever wanted to feel when I was younger was that somebody cared about me, but sh- but I never got that from you." Damn. But yeah, I, I that's a- another thing that I wondered is what this experience speaks to if it is the fact that like the culture thing or if it has to do with age because he's significant i mean obviously significantly older than her but i don't know i just i at least for me i've never felt that i couldn't talk to mom and dad about things you know like the way that she is hiding stuff or doesn't feel like he cares you know yeah, it could be the the age gap as well. I mean, I'm I'm sure there's so many things that contribute, but that is probably one of the biggest. Because our our parents are young, are relatively young. Yeah. Compared to um, us. <laughs> oh, and now, so now we're jumping back, but all the way back there, we're jumping back to where his wife asked him for a divorce, and this is when they're like pretty old so she sticks it out for a long time 
Um, but he does not take it well at all. He tells her when she says she wants a divorce, he tells her that she needs to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no, no. He's like, no, you don't. <laughs> um, and then that's the when she tells him <laughs> that's when she tells him that she only stayed for the kids. And now the kids are gone, so like what, what what's the point of her staying there? And then he has the audacity to tell her, like, well, I brought you here. And she's like, it's because of my dad, you hoe. Like, <laughs> she's like, you didn't do shit. My dad paid for us to fucking come here, which is very true. But yeah, she just, like, roasts the shit out of him. And then she says that she wishes she never met him. Like, she wishes she could go back as far as she can so she could never meet him. Which is the burn of all burns. Yeah, that hit. <laughs> I really did. Um, but that moment was so scary to me. Just like the fact that they she could go that long and finally get the courage to leave. And I just wonder what she felt in that moment. If she felt like it was a waste, if she felt free, like if it was kind of both. I don't know. Very I'm sure strange. her kids helped. Yeah, it just that's so sad though to like feel trapped in your own life. Yeah. Ooh, scary. Um and then we jump forward to him being a sad boy just like eating by himself and washing dishes by himself, gardening by himself. But then he decides to look up Juan on Facebook. I'm so sorry if I'm saying her name wrong. Yuan? I don't know. Um and then <clears throat> I love the moment where he sends her a message and then when she messages him back the like music swelling up and being really like I don't know just really exciting was such a cool little moment yeah it felt like one big Facebook ad right <laughs> it kind of did yeah um, and I do like the moment where after that he's like doing everything like so happily like now he's gardening with a purpose and yeah, he's cooking he's like really good meals yeah but I, I do wish, like, they show so many scenes of him tending to those flowers. And I put, I wish I, I wish anybody cared about me the way he cares about those fucking flowers. <laughs> um, and then they decide to meet up in New York. And he's, like, instantly different. He's smiling. He's just, like, so giddy. And you can tell there's, like, such a big change in him. <clears throat> and let me see. Oh, and then the, they also reveal during this so they meet up in new york during like a or at a restaurant and i don't think they mentioned this but this is where we find out that she he never even told her he was leaving she just found out from gossip which is like so fucked um and then she mentions that she's married and i thought it would be one of those things where he's like oh like sad but it doesn't seem like i think he just wanted his friend back you know like i don't think he actually felt like he needed to be with her which was kind of nice yeah, it was sad. That whole dinner when she... I don't know. Like, that that's so sad that he just left. And like the whole situation, man. Like, he didn't tell yeah. her that they could have had something. But it was oh, yeah, when she was like, we'll, we'll never know. Yeah, that, that line. Oof. But... And then we... He, so he goes back after he they leave... Um, he goes back and 
they show him again. There's like another shot of him. Like, I think he's drinking tea by himself or eating by himself. And they cut between him eating by himself and then his daughter eating by herself. Mm-hmm. And I made a prediction where I said the movie will end with the, with her and her dad like eating or talking or like sitting down together. Um, which I mean, spoiler alert, I was right. There was a moment of that because they made it so clear that that was going to happen. Um, and then we jump ahead to Angela's Chinese New Year party. And her dad is there and so is her mom and her new boy toy. <laughs> and her mom did become a teacher, which is kind of nice to see that. Yeah. Um, and she traveling. looks happy. Oh yeah, traveling. Her her new beau looks like he's obsessed with her, which is nice. Um, and then her dad like stays to help her clean. And so it, I told it, or I called it an awkward tea time, is what they were having. <laughs> and I do, I love the teapot that she was pouring in. It was like a clear teapot, mm. so cute. Um. And then she finally opens up to her dad about Eric, like what happened and why they ended. And uh, and then he finally opens up to her about Yuan, Juan, Yuan. Um, and she like, it's just a weird moment where she's like, well, I never knew that. Um, and then I think my favorite sequence or favorite scene of the whole movie is when they travel to Taiwan together. And he brings her to the field from the very beginning. And he basically takes her on a pilgrimage throughout his whole life. Um, And then one of my favorite moments is when they're walking. And he, like, shows her the the route that he, him and his mom walked every time they would go to work. And it was on a a street called Tiger Tail, which is where the name of the movie comes from. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, they show, like, they, if you go back to that the whole sequence they have a moment where they show a sign in i don't know what language it's in but it's a different language and then the subtitles say tiger tail Mm. um and then they're standing in front of his house and he says it looks so different he gets really emotional and she looks like really surprised because i guess she's probably never seen her dad get that emotional um yeah and that's how it ends that they have like a really nice shot of it backing up into the whole like the, the place that he lived in, but now it's like has a bunch of greenery and it's not lived in. Um, yeah. And that's the end of the movie. Man, there's the only thing I really wanted to talk about was the ending uh-huh. and how perfect it was and how much I loved it because it's like at the beginning of the movie, the same like monologue is given that Grover gives to Angela and it's just you could tell I just I like the whole full circle effect because you're really taken on that that journey and it's just it's really cool to learn about your family and I'm sure Angela in that moment she was like this is awesome Mm -hmm. like learning about that and I don't know it just felt like a right way to end it and I really liked just throughout the movie they talked about characters that they didn't really introduce, but we didn't really need to introduce them. Like Angela had a brother, Grover had another oh, yeah. son. <laughs> didn't even Not a word. talked about him like once that he was in a band and he toured. Truly, just... if I had a movie made about me, y'all would not even dance <laughs> at all. We'd get a line. <laughs> Where's Anthony? Oh, I think he's on tour in europe (laughs) yeah 
He's in a pretty successful band. Metallica. <laughs> I don't know. This movie felt so much like real life. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really liked it. It just always work out and I don't it just I felt so bad for Grover even though a lot of the things that happened to him were his fault but <laughs> it's like every woman in his life left him in one way or another and uh yeah it was sad I liked it and I do like the whole theme of it where because I admittedly I used to not really understand the whole um concept of you have to know where you came from to know where you're going. Like, that just never made sense to me. But looking back on it, I feel like I didn't fully understand or get a grasp of who I was until we moved to San Antonio. Because, I mean, I don't know if we've mentioned this, but, um, I mean, our family lives in San Antonio. And even though we, me and Anthony, have lived in, like, a ton of, like, weird places. Our family is from and almost all lives in San Antonio. Um, yeah, and it is kind of, it kind of goes back to the whole, like, conversation about that, about the, the tax collector movie, how you're mentioning that you didn't know until, like, older that you were Hispanic. And I feel like that is has a lot to do with where we lived in because our biggest identifier when we were younger was that we're military kids. So there was no other, like, I don't know. That's like a whole nother world that you live in. And now we're like implanted in a world where there's so many people that look like us. And there's so many people that, um, that like we're related to in one spot and it's just something we're not used to. But yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like that informs a lot of who we are now, especially the whole culture thing. Because um, I think mom and dad did a great job of trying to like instill it, but it's kind of hard to do that when you're living in Alaska <laughs> or in Germany, you know, where these places that already have their own rich culture. So, yeah. But San Antonio has taught me so much. And it has kind of given me that whole like, because they're especially with culture we're the majority minority and so i meet so many different kinds of mexican people or so many different kinds of latino people so i'm like that's what infuriates me the most about these movies like the tax collector is that i want a movie kind of like i want a movie like tiger tail that shows these different generations and these different um like like a like an origin story of what your family has come from and why they are the way they are and you know that's why I love this movie so much because it's I feel like it's such a good telling of a family and how their past has really hurt them in a lot of ways, but going and revisiting it has probably made them a lot stronger. Yeah. Sorry, I had like a big old ramp, but yeah. No, that's good. That's oh. probably why I wanted to talk about the whole like brown face thing. Because this movie just made me think about that where I'm like because I'm really conscious of that in my own writing or creating where when I write characters, I don't really write specifically what like race they are. But in my mind, it I want like the person, the, the hero of the story looks like me or looks like people I know, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's probably why this white man, David Ayer, is making a movie about Mexican gangsters because that's all he knows, you know, like. 
it's up to us to be the people to write the stories about like a Latino being an engineer or being in social media or having a podcast, you know, being more than like contributing so many other things to our culture. Yeah. And I think that's exactly tying it back to Alan Yang. That's exactly what he did with this movie. And I feel like no matter, like for me talking about the movie in general, I think in some parts, the, the pacing was a little bit slow. I think some of this, it was a little stiff in some areas. And I have a little bit of criticisms. Like, I wish we would have stayed a little bit more in where the grandparents were. I really liked that area and that story. And I wish that would have been more a part of it. But with that being said, I feel like this movie was... it was. I loved it. I think it was really good. I would. I probably would go more towards Rotten Tomatoes, like the 80 like 70 to 80-ish percentage is what I would give it. Um, And I just feel really appreciative of people like Alan Yang for making a story that is familiar to him because that, that is truly, I, my opinion is that is truly the answer to representation and to um, the lack of it is making, is letting people like him letting people of different point of views make movies like this, you know? I think he's contributing so much to this, to cinema in general by making this movie, and that's why I appreciate, no matter how I feel about this movie, I appreciate it so much. Sorry. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, no. That's perfect. I have nothing else to add. Oh, I I have one fun fact. The only fun fact that they had... But I don't know if you noticed this in the movie, but all of the flashback scenes were shot in 16 millimeter film, while all the present day scenes were shot in digital. Yeah, yeah, I can tell that. There's definitely more like uh, grain to the the like flashback uh, older scenes, which I liked. I think it added a lot to it too, because part of me is like. I just love film, so I would have loved to see the whole movie in film, but I, I love that um, intentional decision to make it feel, because, like, to make it feel um, different when you're flashing back and forth. Yeah. And and you were saying earlier that he didn't, the, the director didn't, like, spell it out when they, when these different time periods took place, and that's just... On a more technical side, that's that's what helps contribute as well as like just the story itself. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, that's, I, I that's a really cool. Oh, you can tell just through this movie that he is really smart, and the I think he's he's a great writer in that he he writes really good dialogue, but also he uses. It's kind of like using <laughs> this is a bad analogy, but like when people say like use every part of the like animal. <laughs> You know, like like of the pig or whatever. Like he uses every single element of a movie to tell the story. Like he used the whole like the context clues of the piano. He used the visuals of the film. He used the music, like a bunch of other things to tell the story rather than just the dialogue or whatever. Yeah. Good movie. Very good. All right. What is your pick? For next so week. since this this movie Tiger Tail was pretty much a big Facebook ad, oh no! Is, why not? 
learn how Facebook was made by watching The Social Network on Netflix. Oh, no. That podcast is going to be like two hours. I already know it. Well, that, that's the, that. Is that why you like smiled a little bit when I mentioned Aaron Sorkin? Maybe. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the social network is, it might be my one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. I'll talk more about I it next time. it. But... You haven't? Oh, when's the last time you seen it? Like the uh, fall semester of 2019. So not not that long ago. Oh. But I, I need to just because uh, I'm in the, the industry. It's just it's just so interesting. <laughs> the industry. Me. The yeah. industry. Oh, man. This movie, like I can directly point at this movie for the reason I love movies so much is because of this movie. And I have a terrible memory, but I remember so distinctly watching this movie and being like, you can do this? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I had this no fucking clue. Yeah. Because I was so used to watching, like, the shittiest movies with my friends. We would watch, like, the, the terrible horror films. And, like, it was fun and, like, comedies and stuff. And then I watched this movie and I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we talked about it in our... It was our... Before everything happened, when we thought 2020 was going to be a good year, mm-hmm. we talked like the best of the 2010s. Oh, yeah, yeah. We talked about it then. Uh, so why not? And I like, I like the joke that that Tiger Tail is just a big Facebook ad. Such a <laughs> joke. <laughs> All oh. right. Well. To plug our Instagram and Twitter again. Instagram, we're at Brother Sister Show, and on Twitter, we're at Bro Sis Show. We also have a Discord, so you can join that. Um, I asked this time, and I'm going to fucking flame them. They didn't even respond to me at all. <laughs> so please join the Discord so you respond to me. Um, because I asked, I'm usually, I'm going to try now to ask, like, before every time we record if you have input so if you want to like ask a question have a note do whatever let us know oh yeah you did that for tiger tail no one responded let me Nobody name responded. out everyone on the let me name out everyone on the discord right now and just i wish i could tell you who read it and i could add them and be like what the fuck <laughs> but yeah join our discord i think it'll be fun i also like anthony said i put the um Jason Momoa news, <laughs> Frosty the yeah. Snowman news. Um, yeah. I don't know if you saw this, but on Discord you could add like roles, and I I put us as yeah, like I admins. Do you see what our roles are called? Yeah, brother and sister. Oh, perfect. I'm glad you could see that. <laughs> I gotta add the old logo as an emoji as well. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. and we can add emojis. I forgot about that. It'll be it's fun. Join us, please. Yeah. All right. See you next time. Wear a mask. Stay safe. Bye. Bye.